Okay, we hinted this was coming in a previous episode, but I'm super excited to interview our very own Nikki May today on how she has literally gone big as in three stories tall with her artwork over the last year. And now she's working on a special commission for her local airport. She is the perfect example of being a stardust. I know many of you are curious about how to even get started with getting your artwork in public spaces, and today's episode will be all about that. So let's dive in. Hi, this is Laura Lee Griffin. And this is Nikki May with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. Nikki, welcome to the Stardust Society. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, Laura. Okay, we already know a bit about your Stardust story from past episodes and what a fabulous, creative, funny, and talented woman you are. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But today, I'd like to hear about how you went from making artwork on your iPad to getting it shown in huge public spaces. I wouldn't even know where to start. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your first commission and how it came about? Okay, Um, so before I talk about the specific commission you're referring to, I want to go back in time. Okay. Decades and decades. Uh, (laughs) the first really big piece of art that I did was a mural in the open space on the second floor of my high school. Cool. Yeah. I think it was probably something like 30 feet wide and eight feet tall. Oh my goodness. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was a jungle scene with trees and plants and animals and it wrapped around a row of windows. Um, Sadly, I don't have any photos of it because it was 1985 and we didn't walk around (laughs) with cameras in our pockets. (laughs) Wait a second. So I'm curious, was this mural black and white or did it actually have (laughs) color in it, Nikki? Um, No. At that time, it was full color. (laughs) I've gone back and forth between black and white and color. Now, probably cameras back then were black and white because I'm ancient. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, the only photo that I do have from that mural, which I don't think I can find, but um, it's from the school newspaper. And it's a picture of me sitting on the floor painting a tiger. Yeah. And it is in black and white. But even if I could find it, I wouldn't show it because (laughs) I had the world's worst haircut. Was it a mullet? No, but I did pretty much have a mullet later that year. (laughs) Anyway. So you said this thing was eight feet tall, too. How did you reach that? Um, They did have ladders back then. Okay. (laughs) I climbed on the back of my dinosaur like they do in the Flintstones. (laughs) So that's how. Okay. So I loved doing that and only partially because I got to skip half my classes my senior year of high school to go paint the mural <laughs> in the hall because they were like, oh, shit, you're going to graduate and this thing's not done. But um, unfortunately, I didn't really get to do anything like that again after that. But it gave me a taste of how exciting it is to see your work larger than life, you know? Right, right. 
So I have done some large work in the design side of my business, billboards, banners, stage backdrops, and other signage for events, and even a van wrap. Okay. But um, the commissions we're here to talk about today are very different. They are my art, not promoting somebody's product or face or event. Yeah. And those were also kind of graphic design type jobs, whereas this is really your own creative artwork. Yes, definitely. So the first one that you mentioned in the intro uh, went up in the spring of 2022, and Mm -hmm. it's an image, one of my drawings applied to the windows of a three-story building in downtown Paducah, Kentucky. And I can't wait to share a picture of that with our listeners in the show notes because it's absolutely stunning. Thank you. So my first question for you is, how did you even find out about this project? Did you pitch it or did someone pitch it to you? This particular thing isn't that easily replicable because I didn't seek it out. It actually came to me. Okay. But there's some things I did that made that a possibility. Okay. So somebody from the Paducah City Planning Department contacted me. Mm -hmm. She was familiar with my work, specifically the state flowers and insects that I've been drawing for the past several years. Right. Um, And she had this idea. It's called the Broadway Mural Project. My building is on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And the concept is to draw attention to the vacant buildings downtown that are available for sale or lease. And Mm -hmm. also to make them beautiful, beautify them so that they're not just empty buildings. Right. To make an eyesore something beautiful to look at and attract the attention, hopefully, of buyers. So as part of the city planning department, she works with our Paducah Main Street and their tagline for Main Street and downtown development is local grows here. And so she had this idea of using pollinators to beautify the spaces to illustrate community supported growth and that sort of thing. So she immediately thought of the pollinators that she had seen me draw. Right. Bees and butterflies. All kinds of things. Yeah. So she approached me with the idea and obviously I jumped on it. Uh She hadn't secured like the official permission and the funding, but she had floated the idea around and people liked it. So she contacted me to get me to help her figure out how best to do it Mm -hmm. and to mock up what it might look like on a few of the buildings downtown. Very cool. So so you had mentioned that all of this artwork you did for your state flowers and insects started on your iPad. Was it in Procreate? Yes. Okay. They were all drawn in Procreate. So that means they were raster. So how do you take a raster image and blow it up on a three-story building? (laughs) Well, you vectorize it. (laughs) And uh, when I started this project, I didn't have plans to do it this large or Mm -hmm. to vectorize whole drawings. So I, I didn't really create the drawings in a way that made turning them into vectors really easy. Yeah. So it was definitely a challenge. I can only imagine how many layers of vector little pieces you had. I think that would involve maybe not just glasses, but bottles of bourbon, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Much, much bourbon was consumed. Um, (laughs) But I didn't actually have a million layers. Mm -hmm. The way that I created these, the first few, I just kind of drew without thinking about how I was going to turn them into anything else. Mm hmm. 
because this was just something I was doing for myself. I didn't have a plan for it. It was a personal project at that stage. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And as I started doing it, okay, when you're drawing something that you know you're going to vectorize and turn into maybe motifs to do pattern design, you kind of keep each object separate. So like if my drawing had a bunch of flowers and butterflies, you might draw each butterfly as a separate element so you can move it around later. But I didn't do that. I drew... I drew it as one finished piece. And the Mm. only way I separated layers was I had a black inking layer. Right. And I had a color layer. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty much it. Wow. Which made vectorizing the black outline really simple. But then when I went to... Vectorize the color. Yeah. So I I had to separate it. And then some of my drawings are super, super, super detailed. And some are more simple in terms of how I applied the color. So um, for this project, I chose and she chose some of the simpler ones, um, Mm -hmm. just knowing how we were going to make it. But what I had to do was, so my original drawing is square. This overall building is not square and it's going in all of the windows. So it wasn't just let's vectorize it and put it up as is. I had to go through and do what I didn't do when I was drawing it and separate Each of the, well, and the flowers, the flowers in the image came from a different drawing than the butterflies. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so there's like a lot of technical information that's involved in doing something like this. So stepping back a little bit. So someone approached you to do this and to Mm -hmm. set it up. You said, yes, I'm on board. Yes. Then they pitched it. And at some point they got an approval, right, to say, yes, we can do it. Yeah. So the first thing we did was... We walked around downtown and and she showed me she wanted me to do three buildings in the proposal. And so I photographed all the buildings and I went back and I found different pieces of art that I thought would work for the different buildings and mocked it up in Photoshop how it might look on the building. Got it. And put it together in a PDF and presented it. And the city loved it and decided to, you know, pay for it. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that process. Sure. So you did basically these mock-ups based on pre-existing work that you had. So there wasn't too much work involved. You just had to mock it up on some buildings. Mm -hmm. And then you showed that to them. So at the point where they said, yes, we want to do this, um, then was this arranged in a contract that they gave you? Was this basically a licensing deal or did they outright purchase the artwork? Um, How does that work? So this was the best, in some ways, I guess, the best possible way because they had me put together an estimate and the terms. Okay. The terms were basically that they were licensing it for this one use Mm -hmm. of being in the windows. And there was no time limit because it's, you know, one piece put up with the understanding that it's most likely going to come down when somebody buys the building. Right. Um, and they had no ownership of the copyright. I retain the copyright. I can do anything Mm -hmm. else that I want with these images. So they can be on calendars. They can be on prints. They can be on anything like that. Yeah. Yes. And the only thing that they could use it for would be promotional materials. So they're not making any money off of any uses that they would show it on, but they could show it on listing the building for sale or on the city website, just, you know saying, hey, look how awesome this is. Right. 
But I also wrote in the agreement with them that if they decided that they wanted to make products with it, Mm -hmm. that we would then renegotiate a license for that. Right. So you basically put that caveat in there that there could be the potential to expand it. Yes. But you would have a separate license. So that both protects me from them doing anything, but also gives them the idea that it's a possibility. Right. Yeah. And you could potentially expand some income streams there. Right. And so I came up with a price for licensing the work um, because, you know, it's it wasn't creating work from scratch because it's pieces I already had. So Mm -hmm. there was one license amount. But then I also knew there was going to be a lot of production work in making it usable in the right format for what it needed to be. So I also added a uh, design fee on top of the license for my time in preparing the files correctly. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. So there's really two components to it. And then was there anything like you got some upfront payment, like a deposit or something, or do you get paid at the end when it was all delivered? Or how did that work? Uh, On this particular thing, There was nothing up front. And Mm -hmm. normally I don't do any work without some deposit up front. But Mm -hmm. having worked with the city and, you know, government has its own rules about things Mm -hmm. and they don't pay for anything until it's complete. Understood. Yeah. And plus, it was a it was a first opportunity for you to get into doing something this big. And yes, clearly it laid the pathway for some other cool things that we'll talk about later in this discussion. Right. And, you know, I've worked with my city many times before and I know they're good for it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you basically came to an agreement on the pricing and the licensing and the flat fee for the the prep work you were going to have to do. And then you Mm -hmm. had to start prepping the files. Mm -hmm. So this is going in Windows. So I assume the windows aren't connected. The windows are separate. Correct. So. How many files or panels did you have to create and deliver on this project? So you're taking one one or two files you're compositing from from the work you did on your iPad. You're mm-hmm. vectorizing those, which I assume you're then working in Adobe Illustrator. Is that right? Yep, definitely. And then how many panels did you create for this project? Um, I think it was around 60. Six zero? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because. <laughs> That's a lot of windows, Nikki. Well, it's a lot of windows and some of them are are really, really big, like the the street level, the storefront, you know, mm-hmm. it's going in like really big panels and doorways. But then on the top, a lot of the windows are broken up into little small panes. Oh, wow. So I think there were 60 files and it was an interesting challenge because if you look at an image as a whole and then you try to cut it up and look where the building is and it's not a window, that's a lot of information that you're just cutting out. Yeah, of course. So I had to do a lot of rearranging to make things fit so that you could see the important parts in the windows, but mm-hmm. still make it flow from one window to another. And all of this with not exactly precise measurements, because wow. this is like a, you know, 150 or more old building, nothing square. Right. So it's wonky and nothing is exactly at a 90 degree angle kind of deal. It was it was a challenge. It was a challenge. Well, you mentioned something about moving things around. So it's not like you were able to take one image and just cut it up into the 60 pieces and call it a day. 
right? Right. You're having to say, well, there's space in between here. So I don't necessarily just want to take this and put the panel over because then if a leaf is going up, it's not going to match on the other side of the window. So you have to basically create that space in between when you're developing the panels to know how to look like at the end. Yeah. And, you know, it might be that in my original, a butterfly was in a place that's completely obliterated by a wall. So part of my prep was cutting those images apart. So they were separate elements, not just one whole image and moving them to where you could see them properly. So it was a lot of work. And I underestimated my time on that. Of course you did. (laughs) This does not surprise me. I underestimate my time on everything. So I have to ask, how long did it take you to complete this? Um, I don't know, several cases of bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I have started recently tracking my time pretty religiously because I Mm -hmm. was not. And so I'm going to get better at uh, at estimating. But I don't think I want to know how many hours it took me. (laughs) But it was a learning experience for you, right? It was a learning experience for sure. And everything I learned on that is going to help me a lot on the next one we're going to talk about very soon. So just to finish up this one, though. Mm -hmm. So once you did all of that work, you had all of the editing complete, it was ready to go. How did you deliver that? Did you have an art director? Did they have to like approve it? Did they ask for revisions? Like what was that that process? And did you deliver it to a printer directly or or how did that how did you deliver those files once you finished them? Okay, so first I found the printer that was going to do it uh, because nobody around here has ever done anything like that before. Mm -hmm. But I had seen at another one of my clients locations final window film that had uh, not fine art, but, you know, graphic design mm-hmm. on it, photographs on it. And I tracked down who printed that. It was a local business that mm-hmm. um, that really does office furniture and supplies, but they had just gotten into printing these vinyl panels. So I talked to them about it. And really, I was the art director. Well, that's a, that's a good scenario. It, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, she had the concept and gave me an idea of what she wanted. But really, all she said was colorful pollinators. So I could go anywhere with that. Yeah. But as far as how it fit together, that was up to me. There was no problem getting it approved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I created it in, in Illustrator. And I took basically that initial mock-up I had done mm-hmm. where I showed it in the windows. And I, I overlaid that on the new version to create a map. Mm-hmm. And I numbered each window. What went where? Yeah. Then I created uh, an individual vector, fully layered PDF of each one, naming it with that number. Okay. And uh, made sure that each one had some bleed in it because the measurements were not precise. Right. And just delivered it that way and then waited, biting my nails. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess, um, so you didn't have to give the original AI file. You gave PDFs and you had them yes. all organized with the bleed. And then I guess if the size of something came out being too big, they could just trim it down because it's vinyl to f- make it fit the window. Yes. Uh, it took a while to go up because right in the middle of the process, they discovered one of the windows the frame was rotten, so they had to uh, get somebody who restores old windows. Wow. Well, the new buyer of the building will be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm in this terrible position of wanting them to sell the building and be successful because actually another friend of mine owns the building uh-huh. because it's Paducah and I know everybody. 
Right. Uh, but I also don't want it to come down, you know? Yeah, because it's gorgeous. And I love it. And I've, I've seen a lot of people post on Instagram, too, like walking through downtown Paducah. Look at this amazing building. Um, it really is stunning. And I imagine the feeling of seeing your art that big. Like, oh, it's amazing. It's got to be amazing. There's a restaurant that I like right across the street from it. And it, mm-hmm. the restaurant's on the second floor. Mm-hmm. So I always ask to sit in the window when I go there and just like stare at my <laughs> building and everyone I go there with laughs at me and I photograph it every time. And they're like, don't you have enough photos of that? <laughs> it's your building, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you people have enough photos of your children and dogs? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you successfully completed this. The building is still it still has your artwork in it for anybody yes. who passes through Paducah. They can go take a look at that. And then buy the building. And then buy the building. (laughs) (laughs) Keep the art up. Let's talk about what came from that. So um, you are now working on another project that we just announced on one of Mm -hmm. our recent episodes, and that is an airport project commission. So you are continuing to go large, which is absolutely amazing. So talk to me a little bit about how that came about, because I think this one was a little different, right? It wasn't where somebody approached you. This was very, very different. Yeah. So I, how did I hear about it? We have a very small regional airport. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have one airline, we fly to one city, but it's still very used because, Mm -hmm. you know, the next closest airport is two or three hours away. Got it. So we have this airport, very old. I don't know how, how old it is, but they're designing a brand new terminal. Okay. And they hired an architect and a public art consulting firm okay. to put together what kind of art would work in this space. And they came up with three big areas in the space and three individual calls for art. So they put out a really impressive professional call to artists. So they worked with the, the airport board, this consulting company, and they put together a uh, committee from our Creative and Cultural Commission in town mm-hmm. to help select what they wanted. And uh, they put a call out. They put it on the, you know, everywhere. They put it They put it on <laughs> social media. They put it on uh, the airport website. The airport website. They put it in the newspaper. So when it came out, probably 10 different people sent me the link and said, you got to apply for this. Of course. And I was like. It's already on my list. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, absolutely. All right. So the proposal came out and mm-hmm. you knew, yes, this is something that I want to do. So what was the next step? Um, like, what did, did you do something similar to the first project where you had a mock-up and then you had to say, this is what the art would look like in that space? Or what came next? Eventually that happened, but there, were, there was a step before. Okay. So what they were asking for was... There were three different spaces, and one of them was meant to be a physically made, created, fabricated piece, uh, and the other two were digital. So okay, one was to be kind of inset in a huge alcove in a wall in the ticketing area, and that one had an enormous budget. It had a $100,000 budget. Wow. And out of that $100,000 is the artist's pay and uh, any fabrication and installation and contractors that needed to be paid out of that. 
Right. Like the materials, the installation, yeah. all of yeah. it. Every, yeah. Everything in that budget, but it's a huge budget. And then the other two were going to be digital. One was printed on sort of an industrial kind of fabric, big rectangle. I mean, I think it was something like 27 by eight feet, Mm -hmm. but that would be just a digital piece that would be printed on that. Right. And then the third one, which is the one I really, really wanted Mm -hmm. is it's a glass wall on the interior of the building separating the uh, security area from where people come off the plane. So it Mm -hmm. is multi-panel. I don't know. I don't, I don't actually have the exact dimensions, but something like 40 feet long and up to 15 feet high. Wow. It's like 950 square feet. And I would argue that that's where the most people would actually see the artwork in the airport because how many people are standing in a security line, you know? Right. Right. So that one, and this is why it appealed to me, is to be printed on film applied to glass. Which is like the building you did. Which is very much like what I did. So I was like, oh yeah, that's the one I want. But I applied for all of them. So the first call was open to anybody. Oh, and it was only open to people who lived, worked, or had like some connection to the region within 50 miles. Which increased your odds a lot, by the way. That's great. Yes, definitely. Yep. Definitely. So the first round was describe your thoughts about it. Describe your concept. We didn't have Mm -hmm. to create any new art in that first round. Describe your concept. And it had to relate to the region in some way. Okay. They didn't specify how. It could be really literally or it could be really, you know, conceptually. And clearly your concept was a wall of bourbon. Well, yes, it was. That was the first, I, that, that was my first, my first concept that I, I quickly set aside. <laughs> um, yeah. So describe your concept and show us a certain number of other pieces that you have done that are in a similar style. So I really liked that they didn't actually ask us to create anything on spec before, you know. Yeah, that's nice. All we had to do was think about what we might do. And it was like, I don't know, 250 words or something like that. And so 70 something artists applied. Mm -hmm. And after the first round, they chose three artists for each of the three. So they would have nine finalists. Got it. Um, But I got chosen to be finalist for two of the three. Ooh, nice. Which ones? The two digital ones. Okay. Which made sense. My concept for the third was not as strong and I was not as confident about it. So that was fine. But I thought, you know, it doesn't cost me anything to propose it. But I wanted one of the other two and I really wanted the glass one. Right. So then for the second round, um, they actually paid for the finalists to develop their concept. Cool. So again, no spec work. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's a beautiful thing, because a lot of times a lot of people would do this as a contest, you know. Yeah. Submit your fully fleshed out, drawn proposal and then we'll choose the one we like. And I wouldn't have applied for that. No, especially if something that size, because it's going to take work. Definitely. I mean, the proposal process itself took a lot of work and they gave us I think it was something like three months to work on it. But they paid us each for that to do that concept. Mm-hmm. And gave some pretty specific guidelines of what they wanted to see in it. We had to do just like an overall image of the piece. Then we had some uh, architectural drawings of the space because the space is not finished being built yet. So right. there's no photographs and there's not even precise measurements. But we had the architect's drawings. 
So you made a mock-up on a mock-up? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. But that was good because they had, you know, little people in the drawing so you could get some idea of scale. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, describe this and then show us how this fits into the larger, like your larger body of work and, mm-hmm. you know, tell us how it will benefit the airport and the people going through it. And so there was some writing involved, too. Right. So you have a little essay, basically, mm-hmm. um, on why I should be picked, right, yes. of the three finalists for each project. Mm-hmm. And then you have to give them basically a mock-up of the mock-up. So you've done a, a good bit of work, but you're not mm-hmm. doing all of the work that would be necessary. It's just giving them right. a clear picture of what your vision is for that project. Right. But the good thing is that a lot of that work that I had to do for the presentation is stuff I can use in the final. So it's I'm not starting from scratch for the final piece. And did you use anything that was pre-existing then from from the artwork you done? Um, I did. So so my concept for the piece is, I mean, this is not going to be a surprise to anybody, but it's plants, animals, insects, birds, uh, mm-hmm. all flora and fauna that you can find in this region. Awesome. So I have already drawn a lot of those elements. So I will mm-hmm. reuse the ones that I've already drawn. But... I also want to add more because, you know, I didn't have my flowers and insects were a lot of like close ups of flowers, not entire plants. And this right. being 15 feet tall, I want to have some trees in it. So I hadn't like I may I have I had drawn some dogwood blooms, but I want to include a whole dogwood tree, that sort of thing. Right. And, you know, so um, so for the proposal, I did some quick drawings of some of the other things like like an oak mm-hmm. tree and some birds that I want to include because I hadn't drawn any birds. But yeah, and I included a list of other animals and plants and things that I want to include in the final piece. So how long did you have to create the proposal? I think I want to say we had three months. And then you proposed it. And how long did it take for them to get back to you on who won? Well, they said it could be up to like a month, but fortunately they came back to us. I think it was maybe around a week to 10 days. Oh, awesome. And which one was it that you were awarded? So I got the one that I wanted, which is the glass wall. Yay! Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And this one, this one is different than the windows in that it's made to be seen on both sides. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about how it's going to look on both sides. And actually, Mm -hmm. the company that they're using is more sophisticated than what we used downtown they have all different kind of materials. Some are opaque, some are transparent, some can go from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Some have texture, um, some can be printed on both sides. So I have a lot of things to consider about how I want to recommend that that's done. And the other interesting thing, because it's in the security line in the airport, they want from the floor to person height mm-hmm. to be more opaque. Right. So there's a little bit of privacy. I mean, it's not totally private, but, you know, a little bit of privacy and it can be more transparent as it goes up. Oh, that makes sense. So that's another interesting thing to consider. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's um, combining your beauty with functionality, you know, and what they require. Yes. Which the designer in me really, really likes that because problem solving. And you're getting to experiment with different techniques and like different products so that Mm -hmm. you have to think through how does my artwork work for this or how does this piece work for this yes so that is super cool 
I've ordered samples from the company. So I have this little folder that has samples of their different products. So I can immediately rule out some that I don't think will work and I can make suggestions of what what will work. And then um, I'm also waiting for uh, a phone call. We're going to have a meeting with the manufacturers of the product and the architect and talk about which would be the best products to use, get a better understanding of how they work. Yeah. And um, I actually come from a background where I develop lounges for airports in uh-huh. my day job. And so I'm very familiar with how construction projects work at airports. And so um, things always change. So <laughs> having yes. flexibility with that is going to be great. But yes. um but I'm excited. I can't wait to see what you create. And do you know how much time you have roughly? I know, um, again, construction projects change. Oh, yeah. I know exactly how much time. My final designs are due March 1st. March 1st. Um, well, you yes. better get drawing, Nikki. <laughs> I'm drawing, Laura. Every minute you don't see me, I'm drawing. Yeah, I don't, be- I don't believe that either. But yeah, yes. Yeah. So super exciting. So let's talk a little bit about payment. So you mentioned that when you did Mm -hmm. the original proposal, you were actually paid for that, which is fantastic. Yes. They, um, they gave us a deposit, half of the, half of the amount up front and then half when we delivered the final proposal. Okay. And then now for the actual project, um, Mm -hmm. I assume there, is this also considered licensing or is it considered a buyout or a flat fee unique to them or what is it? It is licensing. It's pretty much the same terms as the downtown building. You know, they Mm -hmm. have the right to this image. It's a little bit different because I am creating this image for them. Right. So I can't reproduce the exact image and sell it somewhere else, but all the bits and pieces I can use however I want. Okay. I still maintain the copyright mm-hmm. and what would I do with the exact piece anyway, you know, but I, but I, there's no limitations on how I can use the elements. You can take the tree from it. You can take a butterfly mm-hmm. from it. You mm-hmm. can use that in your own artwork yes. to create prints or other things with it. I just can't use the exact thing as a whole and they can't use it for anything other than promotional uses. Okay, so you mentioned that the building downtown was something that you didn't have a time frame on because you kind of knew that when the building is bought, it's going to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of this airport, this is this a set licensing and then they can renew the license or is it just? A- no, it's, you know, as long as they want to. Okay, so it's a one time sort mm-hmm. of licensing thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's essentially a license because you're keeping the copyright to it and you're able to to do things with it, which is really cool. Correct. And they're not, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have agreed to an open-ended license if they're selling something and making conceivably more and more money, but, you know, it's decorating the space. So it's a, it's a different thing than if it's something that they're selling. And the cool thing is, is over time, if they, you know, if they get a lot of positive feedback on that and they might decide if, if the film starts, you know, over time, it needs to be replaced, maybe, Mm -hmm. They come to you with a different idea or want you to, you know, create something new for them. That sounds lovely. <laughs> and then from a material perspective, are they covering those material costs or does that come out of your fee that they pay you or? No, this one is different than the than the big budget one. This one mm-hmm. had a, had a set fee that mm-hmm. is paying me to do the work and for them to use it. And they handle the cost of getting it printed and installed. And they they will manage the installation so you don't have to do that piece of it. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Very cool. 
Yeah. Now, did all this make it into a contract then? So you have sort of a signed agreement? Yes. In this case, they sent me a contract. And, um, and as soon as I signed the contract, they gave me, um, uh, 25% of the remaining amount and I'll get Mm -hmm. the rest when I deliver my final files. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I'm so excited to see like the, the end product of this, but what I'd love to get some, some feedback from you is what is one piece of advice that you wish you'd known before you got started on all of this for, for somebody who wants to have their artwork in public spaces, what would be your advice to them? Okay. So this is advice that I've heard a million times. You probably have too, in relation to investing for retirement. <laughs> that was it's originally a Chinese proverb that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best is today. And the same for investing. The best time to start investing for your retirement was 20 years ago. The second best is now. <laughs> so the same, the same thing, and it's really what we talk about on this podcast all the time. Don't wait until everything is perfect. Don't wait until your work is perfect. Don't wait until the opportunity is perfect. Don't keep putting things off. Start now. Yeah. And you figure it out as you go along. Like you didn't yep. know, how do I divide up all of these panels across windows in a building? You just figured it out. Right. And um, and really, so this is interesting. So um, a very good friend of mine also was applying, you know, trying to get one of these pieces. And she also got called back for two of them. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have the graphic design skills you know, the illustrator skills that Mm -hmm. I have. So she had already planned that if she had got that one, that she would um, hire me to do that production work for her. So don't let one small part of it like that, even if it's a huge part, don't let that stop you because you can learn, you can get help, you know. That is such good advice because I think that is super intimidating. Like I was Mm -hmm. listening to you talk about all the vectorizing and all of the dividing of the panels and the bleed and everything. And I was going, oh, my gosh, I don't even know where to get started with that. Well, I'm at a huge advantage because I'm also a graphic designer. So, yeah, I do all of these kind of things. But right. But yeah, don't let that stop you because you can get help. Just hire Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki's busy. She's got a commission to finish. (laughs) So tell me, Nikki, what was the biggest challenge you've had in the last year, especially with the pandemic happening and sort of how did you overcome it as you were working on all these projects? Okay, so really, except for getting COVID myself last summer, I'd say that the pandemic didn't really hurt my business at all. I'm really fortunate. I think that's probably because a lot of people wanted to do more online. Mm hmm. Um. So my biggest challenge in 2022 was taking on more projects than I really had time to do. Wait, just just 2022? That's the year you <laughs> asked about. So that's the one I'm answering about. <laughs> but 2022 brought me more opportunities than most previous years. So yeah, really the biggest one um, between client branding and website work, our beloved podcast, the largest art commissions that I've ever done that we just talked about, converting and getting settled in my schoolie, mm-hmm. and all of this in the same year that I got an ADHD diagnosis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm still figuring out what, if anything, that changes. Um, it's still a whole lot to juggle. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. So I'm still working on adapting my business and my life to all of this. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I've overcome the challenges, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm well on my way. And it's yeah. because I've hired help. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired in the last year, I hired an OBM, which is an online business manager. Okay. And she is helping me improve, document, delegate, and automate a lot of the systems and processes and tasks in my design business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, it's an ongoing process, but it, it is helping me a lot um, right. and will continue to help far into the future. The other thing I did was I hired two very part-time contractors to help me, um, one to help me maintain client websites, do updates. And the other one to do some design work, mm-hmm. all under my direction, of course. But I'm still learning how to delegate. Um, mm-hmm. Letting go of control is difficult for me, but <laughs> that makes two of us. If I'm going to get done all the different projects that I have and want and love to do, I'm going to have to get better at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suffer from the same thing. It's so hard to yeah. delegate and to let go of control. Um, the little control freaks in us just love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Nikki, the question is, what project do you want to do next? The Empire State Building? Have you thought about (laughs) doing (laughs) have you thought about doing painted murals versus digital ones? I know you did that one back in high school. Um, Like what where does your big art go next? Well, I have always wanted to do painted murals. Mm-hmm. And I actually still plan to, well, not really paint, but draw all over my bus. So that's pretty mm-hmm. big. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Uh, but I think I might be past the time where I want to do a lot of physically challenging painted murals because <laughs> my body's old. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing on ladders and like crouching on the ground and being on my feet. I'm really enjoying the digital murals. So (laughs) I'd like to do more of those. And, you know, I didn't know that it was a thing that that people would want. But I got two projects in my little town in the same year. So clearly there's a market for it. Yeah. And more to come. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Nikki, where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, Well, I have a little podcast called Stardust (laughs) Society. You can always find me there, <laughs> but I'm also at NikkiMay.com, N-I-K-K-I-M-A-Y.com, and I am Nikki May Art on all the social media. Well, to learn more about Nikki's latest adventures and read today's Stardust Society show notes, go to StardustSociety.com slash going big. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend. Sharing helps us reach more Stardusts like you and keeps us inspired to create new episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Nikki, I'd love to have you come back sometime. (laughs) Play your cards right. Treat me well. I'll come back. (laughs)